Warning, the following show contains explicit language. Certain people should not listen to this show, such as children and panty-waist adults who cry like 12-year-old little girls when they hear profanity. Welcome, my friends, to the Dr. Reality Podcast. I'm Dave Champion. Defunding the police. That has got to be, hands down, the worst title to describe something that actually has some solid attributes. Describing those attributes or elements as defunding the police makes about as much sense as describing a semi-automatic rifle fed by a detachable box magazine as an assault weapon. Before I launch into the particulars, let's cover this first. If you're watching on video, yes, these are pictures of me in uniform, on the street, badge and gun, decades ago. Point being is, I have a frame of reference to speak about this. It's not just some arbitrary, ill-informed opinion. So behind this terrible title, defunding the police, what does it really mean? It means reallocation of available resources. And those reallocations fall into two categories. Number one, using mental health care professionals in cases where mental health care professionals are a better choice than armed police officers. And secondly, taking a certain percentage out of the law enforcement budget to pay for community programs. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let me be clear with you right now from the start. Using mental health care professionals to deal with people who are having mental health care issues is a dramatically better idea than sending men with guns and badges and pepper spray and tasers. Let me give you a couple of prime examples of this. You may remember a couple of years ago that there was a mental health care counselor, and he was out in the middle of the street. He was laying on his back with his hand straight up in the air. He was trying to get the police not to shoot his mental health care patient, who, if I remember correctly, was autistic. And fortunately, the police did not shoot the patient. Instead... They shot the mental health care counselor who was laying flat on his back with his hands in the air, a threat to no one. You do not want men with guns showing up to calls pertaining to mental health care. One of the big problems with having cops show up at mental health care calls is that the lion's share of them, and believe me, I know, I've been there, done that, they do not have the proper mindset or mentality to deal with people who are mentally handicapped. One of the biggest problems is cops absolutely cannot cope with someone ignoring them. Uh, just the other day, I was watching a video. Uh, law enforcement had pulled over this woman at night, went to the window and said, do you know why I've pulled you over tonight? She didn't respond. The cop says, if you don't answer my question, I'm going to arrest you. Every elementary school child probably has heard, you have the right to remain silent. That is a constitutional, fundamental right to remain silent when questioned by a government agent, which law enforcement certainly is. So he's standing at her window. Do you know why I've pulled you over tonight? She declines to answer. And he says, he doesn't say it in these words, but what he says to her essentially is, if you exercise your right to remain silent, I'm going to arrest you. And then he did. Well, that was a mistake because she was an attorney. But you get the point. Cops cannot tolerate it when you are not obedient. And people who have mental health care issues 
almost the last thing they ever are is readily obedient. One of my <clears throat> favorite stories, if I can call it that, uh, of cops not being able to tolerate being ignored or not obeyed is a couple of cops driving down the road. They saw a car that appears to have run off the side of the road. They got out of the unit and they went over to the car and the guy is sitting in the driver's seat, his head is lolling back, and they start dialoguing or attempting to dialogue with him. You know, excuse me, sir. You know, why are you, why are you parked here? Did you run off the road? Are you having mechanical problems? No response. Instead of considering that something might be amiss with him, they start getting aggravated. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to step out of the car. Sir, I need you to step out of the car. Sir, put your hands on the steering wheel. Zero response, which is just making them more and more nuts because they can't tolerate that. Eventually, they pull the taser out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And they're pointing the taser. Sir, if you don't comply immediately and step out of the car, I'm going to tase you. He didn't comply, and they did tase him. He was sliding into a diabetic coma, but the rocket scientists couldn't slow down enough in their angst over his non-obedience to consider there might be something going on here that does not require violence on the part of the police. And that is a perfect example, I think, of why you do not want cops responding to mental health care issues. Another issue was Arizona several years ago. Family had called. They were having some difficulty with a large mentally handicapped teenager in the house. So the cops show up and they're walking up the driveway and they almost to the door when the door opens and out comes the parents and the mentally handicapped teen. He's holding a screwdriver in his hand, right? So the cops immediately tell him, drop the screwdriver, drop the screwdriver. Now he doesn't, he, he's mentally handicapped. He doesn't drop the screwdriver. He keeps walking. So the cops then backed off behind a position of cover and called for a mental health care worker. <laughs> oh, I cracked myself up. No, that's not what they did at all. They turned him into a bullet sponge and killed him as he was walking away, holding a screwdriver, having harmed no one and threatening no one. These are just a few examples that stand out in my mind and that I can share with you at the time we have allowable today. I think it should be manifestly obvious that we should not want law enforcement to show up on calls that require mental health experts. Not hair trigger, angry, quick to be irritated guys with guns and other forms of weapons. That's not advantageous for the public. So why would anybody want that when there's an alternative, which is to have mental health care workers who are not sworn peace officers, are not carrying weapons. They are first responders, right? So when there's a mental health care issue, they are called rather than the guys with the guns and the tasers and the batons and the pepper spray, right? So it's not like the calls are going unanswered. They're being answered by the right people. That is one element of the horrible name defunding the police, before I get into the second element, I do want to take a moment and comment that defunding the police is a separate ideology, it's a separate movement from people who want to hold police officers more accountable for improper conduct on the job. Those are two separate. Now, they might share some participants and people who believe in both, but they are not the same. The second element of the horribly named defund the police program is to reallocate resources. And here's the thinking behind it. The thinking is we have a number of identifiable community 
problems. And we believe as long as those problems remain unaddressed or unresolved, we're going to constantly have the police having to be in contact with members of the community. And that may not be advantageous for either the cops or the community. So let's see if we can address some of these factors that exist in the community. And the thinking is, if we address them, we won't need as many police officers responding. So what we're going to do is we're going to take some money from the police department. We're going to put it into these programs. I am no fan of the ever-growing police state in the United States. So when I hear that a local municipal government is going to take a percentage, say 7 or 8 or 9% of a police budget, and they're going to allocate it to programs that may require, that, that may end up resulting in less of a need for police response and therefore less of a need for police officers generally. As long as the problems are in fact resolved, wouldn't that be a good thing? I mean, if your community was working smoothly and working well, so instead of needing, I'm just going to throw out an arbitrary number, instead of needing 120 cops, you could get away with 99 cops because you just didn't need 120 anymore. Wouldn't that be great? And of course, ever-growing police departments increase your property taxes. So why wouldn't you want there to be fewer cops? Will those programs work? Will they achieve the goal? Will they smooth things out in the community so that there is a less of a need for interaction between law enforcement and the community, especially where the community and law enforcement may not get along so well and there's a con that's a constant source of friction? Will those programs actually achieve the agenda, the goal? I don't know. And neither do you. If you're criticizing the whole defund the police thing that we're talking about today, and you're saying, those programs won't work. Okay, so first of all, you're an ignoramus. Okay? You have to understand the community in which they're being employed. You have to understand exactly what the programs are intended to do. And then you can form an opinion as to whether the stated goals can be achieved. But the people who are saying, oh, that's what never work, they don't know any of that. They don't know the communities. Usually they're not, they don't even live in this state, but they're criticizing them anyway. If you don't know the particulars of that community and you don't know exactly the fine detail of what the programs are that the money is going to be used for, you have no idea whether it's going to work or not work. If the people who live there have elected people to their city council, and the city council says, let's try this. Let's see if we can make this work. Let's see if we can reduce friction between the community and police. Let's see if we can solve some problems so we don't need as many cops. You know what? Unless it's an absolutely boneheaded plan, I can actually read through the elements of the plan and determine it's completely boneheaded. Unless it's boneheaded, I'm all for giving it a try. And why wouldn't you be? In closing, I want to address the narrative that defunding the police just means slashing their budget because we're mad at them. Okay, so first of all, no one's doing that. Let's be very clear about that. Nobody's doing that. I know there was some discussion about that after the George Floyd thing. There were some hot tempers and some people were saying, oh, you were so angry at the cops, we're just going to slash their budget. Okay, but it's not being done. Even in Minneapolis, which is where that emotional dialogue first got blurted out and shared by the press, even in Minneapolis, 
couple months after the Floyd incident, when they were called upon to vote on the budget, including the police budget, they did not slash the police budget. So you have to separate what people who are angry and vomit something emotional out, the press runs with it, you have to separate that from what is going to happen in real life. And I actually said on social media back at the time when a couple of those city council people from Minneapolis were making those statements, I said, you watch. It's not going to happen because their constituents are going to tell them, wait, 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 no, 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 no. These other elements mental health professionals. We like that. Perhaps reallocating some funds to community programs. We're willing to talk about that. But just slashing the police budget? Hell no, we live here. And sure enough, they didn't slash the budget. So the fact that it was splashed over the media when a couple people vomited some emotion, uh, yeah, don't run with that. If you want to affect some real change, real change in your life, Go to drreality.news, pick yourself up a copy of Income Tax Shadowing the Mist or Body Science. Either one of them will be one of the two most fascinating, intriguing, and life-altering books you've ever read. Thanks for being here.